Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are firing off the listener Q&As again, so thank you for everyone who has sent a question in. And today's theme is nutrition. Yeah, and it's very timely because obviously Danny and I are both in dieting or fat loss phases mm. at the moment. And, um, you know, I've been in one for a little bit of a time now and you've really only just dug yields in and got a little bit more aggressive recently. Um, how do you feel like your deficit and everything is going? Where are you at? It's going well. I mean, the numbers are moving where I want them to. I'm, I'm in good habits um, with my food and all of that. So I've definitely put the foot down. I am feeling hungry, uh, which is all part of it. So I'm really noticing the importance of the little things that we've spoken about on previous episodes, such as meal timing and planning my workouts in a part of the day where I'm not going to be super fatigued and moody. Um, mm. Even though I'm not that moody, I just get a bit down. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not as bubbly and ready to, to attack it um, at some times, but so far so good. What about yourself? You notice the opposite as well. Like I notice how happy I get with food. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when you're like, Ooh, I'm going out for dinner tonight or like, you know, food is supposed to be enjoyed. So mm. I think it's not that you're like miserable when you're eating less. It's just that food does bring us joy. So when a lot of yeah. it gets cut away, it's also a lot of the social events usually that comes with it as well. And I guess the yeah. expression of being able to share that with other people. So yeah. I definitely relate, um, relate on that, but yeah, I'm definitely feeling the pinch, but I feel like my body's like sort of got used to it. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. You just get used to feeling a little bit hungry, Mm. like quite often. It's not a bad feeling after a while. No, it's, it's uncomfortable. And I always sort of explain it as like the first few weeks or maybe the first month of a dieting phase, you go through like teething pain in terms of Mm. like just getting used to feeling that way. Um, Because ideally you've come off the back end of like a maintenance period or like a surplus where, you know, you've been feeling full. And now you can make yourself feel artificially full in terms of like eating lots of broccoli and voluminous foods, Mm. but it just doesn't hit the spot. And that comes down to like hormonal changes that we go through in that you never quite feel fully satisfied or satiated with your meals. It's quite interesting because sometimes you can feel physically full. Like Mm. I'm like, I just ate a whole head of broccoli, but I'm like, but I want something sweet. You know, yeah. you ever get that? You're like, my, my oh, body yeah. actually just wants more calories. So I'm, um, I'm definitely like at that stage where like I've had, I had a refeed last week. Um, nice. And it's really interesting, actually. I can share this because I initially lost like four kilos quite quickly, three or mm. four kilos quite quickly. And mm. now my weight has not changed for like three or four weeks. It's been very okay. interesting. Um, but when I went in to see Ben, who's sort of doing my nutrition for this prep, he's been doing skins on me. He does pinches mm. on me. It's quite interesting because my body fat's still going down quite in a good fashion, but my weight hasn't changed. And to me, it's such valuable data to be like, I can see it, right? Like I'm, mm. as an experienced dieter, I can look in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm leaner this week, but yeah. my weight's still not changing. Or it's just just a slow trend down. And with regular fluctuations, you know, I might gain a kilo overnight and yep. then lose a kilo okay and it's really hard to look at averages um so oh, really yeah. interesting to make sure that you are i guess collecting data as well as progress photos looking in the mirror being um objective and perhaps subjective um yeah. with your actual changes when you are in dieting phases 
Yeah, because if you are in a true dieting phase, you can either do it correctly by eating in a deficit or do it incorrectly by sneaking in little things. So it shouldn't, you know, if your measurements aren't going down, and I mean across the boards, if your photos look the same, if your weight's not going down on the scale, if your measurements aren't going down, then maybe you're not in a true calorie deficit, to Mm. be honest. But if you're having a day, as you said, with fluctuations, there are so many um, factors that change what we see on the scale so it's cool that you've um, highlighted that. And I think we'll always highlight that because it's so important to know. Um, yeah. But yes, we're definitely in the depths of it. I felt a bit lightheaded last night because I had too much time mm. in between, you know, mm. um, my dinner, my last meal and then the meal before that. And that was a, the first really hungry experience. Like, oh my God, I'm lightheaded. Because I always get lightheaded when my, like my blood sugar drops quite quick. Um, yeah. I've always had that that thing. So for me, it's like, okay, pre-plan, make sure my meals are sort of on hand um, mm. and ready to go. But, you know, we choose this and I'm happy so far. It's great. Yeah, dieting's a choice. Um, but well, that was a really good, I guess, thing to lead into the first question. Um, yeah. And I love the, love the name here. LF oh LM oh I thought it was LMFA wait is it no it is L- <laughs> LMFAO LMFAO Martina <laughs> Martina um, my freaking ass off <laughs> <laughs> opinions on people who have gone all in eating until they feel satiated to fix hunger signals so, so you'll have with- to explain what that is because I've ne- I have not actually heard of the term quote unquote all in it yeah. doesn't sound good to me. I don't yeah. know. And you can't see it? us, but we're like, we're like, quote doing unquote, quote Eagle. unquote, is that what we call it? Yeah. <laughs> quote unquote. Um, <laughs> and I guess uh, this, this, I guess this was introduced to me by um, Stephanie Buttermore and a lot of you girls probably know who she is on Instagram. Um, but basically she was a competitor and she was dieting for a long period of time. And she sort of came out and publicly voiced how like, you know, she had body dysmorphia and issues with appetite and binging and restricting and that sort of behavior. Um, NPC is like the IFBB of America. Um, yep. So it's a very big federation over there and they have a similar look to IFBB so they have to get mm. quite lean in the bikini category um and so yeah I I was introduced to this all-in approach from her YouTube channel watching her vlogs where she was sort of and she's a very educated um woman you know she she does everything by the book she's very scientific she explains everything that she does and she was um explaining about this this method that she'd obviously mm. heard from someone else or somewhere else about going all in and the concept of going all in is basically the practice of just eating as much as you want to until you feel satiated so she'd probably gone from a strict meal plan to now being like almost like a binging mentality but with the purpose of recovering her appetite that's very dysregulated when you go through extreme dieting phases from a hormonal perspective um you do this on every meal or yep throughout the day you just it's like intuitive eating it's basically intuitive eating. However, the point is to gain weight. The point is oh, to bring your, on. to gain as like as much weight as your body needs and just go to your new set point. That's what it's called. Mm. And then what happens is once you've gone all in for a period of time, obviously you gain a lot of weight, um, but then you're just not supposed to do anything. You're just supposed to continue as you are and your body will naturally regulate as your hormone leptin, ghrelin, all that sort of stuff goes back to normal. Um, and then you'll naturally start losing body weight. 
weight um, or body fat until you go to your new set point. It's very interesting. And I watched her like vlog on it all and she shared her experience. She gained like 20, 30 kilos or something during this period. You got to, it's really interesting. Sounds interesting, but I don't like it. I've got so many alarm bells. Yeah, absolutely. How do you, how do you learn the new habits after spending so much time gaining 20 or 30 kilos? Cause there's a difference between eating to feel satiated or eating for the sake of eating now if you can be if someone can be disciplined and present enough to go "Mm, i'm full now and take 20 minutes in between mouthfuls great Mm. eat until you're satiated but the chances of people Mm. would just be overeating and then having an excuse to overeat yeah well i think she tracked she tracked one day like during the initial months or whatever and she was eating like four five thousand calories a day or something um i don't think this is healthy I don't think going all in or all out on anything is healthy. Even the terminology is quite unhealthy, all isn't in. it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But her her story is very interesting to actually watch and she yeah. popped a lot on social media, as you can imagine, and YouTube, which is where she's sort of been yeah. on um, from sharing it. And she, I remember her doing an interview with someone like, you know, some scientist in this field talking about, the regulation or how our hormones regulate, like leptin and ghrelin takes a long time, like Mm. six to 12 months. And she was getting blood tests done and like measuring all of this stuff as well throughout. Um, And that's essentially what the aim is. The aim is to sort of get your body fat up quick enough so that your hormones can regulate and your body can settle at a new set point in terms of body fat. So it's called being in maintenance, isn't it? Why would you skip maintenance and then do it quickly? Because I think the point is to let go of the psychological burden as well okay. of, of like mm. going all in of all in of not giving yourself any physical or mental restraints when it comes to okay. food. Um, and look at like looking at her, she gained a lot of weight and then she sort of started losing weight. And now she is sort of at a really healthy body composition over 12, 18 months. I just think um, like it's not something I would endorse. I no. think it, there's a lot of valuable lessons that can come out of it. Um, mm, one of mm. them, like let's really try and avoid getting ourselves in this position when we have to go all in on something. And I yeah. just I just think like if we go all in, like we get all or nothing for a lot of the time. And, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's great that she shared this and it's great. It's like it's created a lot of um, like – a lot of movement um, or a lot of hysteria and conversation around this. Um, but more importantly, I just think it really does highlight the, the body dysmorphia and the the concerns with comp prep when it comes to dieting. Or even even if it's not for comp prep. Thank you for sharing all that, by the way. I'm, I don't know how that's all gone over my head, but I really appreciate you telling all of us the details with that before I picked it all apart, so excuse that. Um, but, yeah, like if someone's in a position where they, they have a poor relationship with food or their body or body image, I don't think going all in is a solution. Maybe this worked for, for her and that's fantastic, mm-hmm. um, but so they – you need professional help. Someone who specializes in this because I feel like swinging the pendulum the complete opposite way. So after a long period of res- mm. restriction, swinging the pendulum to no restrictions, you know, quote unquote, going all in, the pendulum has to come into that middle ground, but then you might have other issues. I just think there's mm. too much room for error in in a method like this. I don't know. I, I can only speak from my personal view, but I don't think extremes on any dieting method, whether you're trying to put on weight or lose weight is worth it. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I sort of think as well, not just the physical stress on your body, but I remember watching her vlogs and, you know, breakdowns and the You'd the feel mindset. bloated and gross. Well, you'd have to you wind when your you're clothes. reversing out of a diet, you feel yeah. every kilo. Imagine feeling 30 of them. So joints, I, oh, there's so yeah. much in that. Yeah. So I feel like we've shared our opinion. Like, yeah, yep, we answered it. <laughs> interesting to watch. I Like I was like, it's very Get interesting Get the popcorn to out and watch it. <laughs> or maybe don't don't get the popcorn get the pop- i don't know <laughs> observe just observe, notice be present. just notice it um notice and let it bypass <laughs> look tracking macros isn't for everyone and like dieting yeah. isn't for everyone and meal plans isn't everyone all or nothing is probably not for most people <laughs> like to be honest um yeah man i just feel like anything done like this should be done under like expert professional guidance and she had yes. that to be honest she oh, had, she had it she was having cool. bloods done and all that sort of stuff, like checking okay. where her hormones were and, you know, whatever else. So, and I, I like probably she was probably having like, you know, psychological help as well. I was going to say. Sure. Mm. You would need to. Um, so I just feel like she obviously had a deeper pur- purpose as to why she was doing this as well. So, yeah, like, I wonder how many YouTube videos. I wonder what her bank account looks like, mate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I'm, I'm just bantering because I don't follow this person and I'm sure she's amazing, um, but there's a lot in it. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. A dollar don't per do view, it, isn't it? Don't do it, kids. Yeah, probably. Up yeah. to a couple million there. Right, <laughs> laughing. Um, so, yeah, that's our opinion. Moving on. Cool. Thanks for the question. Um, Shanae Menzel, will I lose muscle mass if I go into a deficit to lose fat mass? Still training four times a week. Hmm. I feel like. Lose- oh. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> if you think you're going to lose your glutes or your muscle, you probably didn't have them to begin with, to be honest, before you entered the deficit. Yeah. Yeah, fair call. I feel like when you are in a deficit, you're naturally going to lose a little bit of muscle, mm. a little bit. But how much you lose is on you because you can still have appropriate nutrition, so lots of protein. You can still train really hard, apply progressive overload mm. to all your training. Um, there's lots of things that you can do to prevent muscle loss as well, um, mm. not training fasted, okay? Mm. Things like that. So I feel like if you're losing fat mass, you can while keeping muscle. You know, that's what bodybuilding is. That's what we do. We don't lose all our muscle, um, but it, it's an option. You can lose muscle if you are in a deficit. Yeah. And I feel like, like, actually, it's actually quite hard to lose muscle if you're doing things well. Like if you're yep. eating enough protein and you're still training with intensity, like it's, you're not going to lose muscle mass, to be honest. And even like, as females, having high levels of estrogen, which is a hormone that makes us anti-catabolic, which means that we don't break things down and lose things as easily, um, fat mass included, um, that's a positive and a, mm. like an advantage um, as being a female. So, you know, I even believe that it's actually possible to gain muscle in a deficit. Yeah, it's a rate comp. Yeah, yeah, I just think... It's a very common myth, like, oh, I'll lose muscle and I'll get weaker in a deficit. No, absolutely not. And mm. I feel like you'd have to be doing some stupid shit to really do that. Or like I said, a lot of people are very surprised by the amount of muscle mass they think they have until they diet down. I know even I am. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I get quite small. Um, yeah, yeah. But 
you know, over time as your training age and experience increases, like so does your muscle mass and Mm. it's hard work to gain muscle, but you're never really going to lose too much muscle in a fat loss phase if you do it properly. And by properly, I mean like progressively overloading with your training so that you're telling that muscle tissue, there's a reason why you're here and you need to stick around Mm -hmm. Um, as well as eating enough protein, right? If you're eating enough protein, hopefully that, um, you know, that protein buildup is going to outweigh that protein breakdown so that you're going to preserve or potentially build new muscle tissue. Yeah. So every meal that you have, you want it to contain um, an amount of protein, but then also you don't want your deficit to be too great. So if you're doing, you know, an eight week quick shred, chances are, and in like a really heavy deficit, you're going to lose more muscle than someone in a slow deficit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm. And that's usually because your training intensity is going to suck as well. So yeah. there's lots of factors that come into it as well, but just, you don't need to be super aggressive, you know, 10 to 20% of a deficit. Don't just like slash all these calories and try and do a freaking six to eight week shred. They drove yeah, nah. blow my mind. The goal isn't weight loss. The goal is fat loss. So like you want to be able to preserve muscle mass as best as you can and do it in a sustainable way so that you actually sustain the result. Yeah, really well said. I'm happy with that one. Good. Mm. You always one? get the hard ones. <laughs> I know. I can't <laughs> I spell for the, for the life of me. And then I go, Shan Thiari underscore Vay. Yep. I'm in a growing phase at the moment. Any tips on maintaining a tight midsection? So now it's like the complete opposite, yeah. isn't it? So we don't want to be in a, an aggressive growing phase. You never had the eight-week growing challenge, do you? Mm, Bloody hell. No. Oh, God. Well, we I do. Think- we do the all-in method, apparently. <laughs> For 12 months. Um, I do get the odd comment, though, every now and then being like, how do you keep your midsection tight when you're growing? And I'm like, I don't. I just sort of pose a little bit differently. (laughs) Yeah, we learn how to suck it in and and twist. Yeah, like, (laughs) of course, like I naturally store like, most of my low, like most of my body fat, my lower body and like my lower abdomen as yep. we all do, right? Mm. As females, a lot of us. Um, so my midsection does not stay tight. But what I will say is that over time, body fat, what do I say? Like where you store body fat tends to be a bit more favorable with the more muscle mass that you have. So therefore yeah. over time, the more train that you get, you might find that you can sustain more abdominal definition at a higher body fat percentage, for example. That's what yeah. I found. So, you know, when I first started training, I didn't have any abdominal definition um, until I went through a cut and I was like, hello abs. Mm-hmm. And then like over time, I've been able to like gain more muscle mass and more body fat as well. Well, still like I guess looking a bit more do I dare say toned but like looking a bit more tighter so to speak I don't know did I butcher that no no that was fine um and it also depends on your genetics you know we all have that friend that stores their their fat nicely on their glutes and then not on their waist I've got I've got a friend that you know even if she stopped training she would just super small waist and then glutes like shaped glutes like Mm. it really depends on genetics as well it depends Mm. on the amount of visceral fat that you have so if you have fat around your organs um, again Mm. being a female as you mentioned we generally store it lower abs and lower part of the legs guys Mm. store they're more apple shaped storing it around their abdomen as well but i think in terms of being in a growing phase recognize that you're not going to have a super shredded midsection um and you know that's normal but also don't do an aggressive bulk. Um, yeah, you only need I can't one. believe I used that word. Ugh. Well, I build. just swore the B word, build. 
an aggressive build. Um, you know, keep it pretty slow and steady, I'd say. Yeah. You don't need a huge amount of excess calories. And they sort of say like one to 300 um, sort of mm. extra calories a day, which is really not much, you it's know, not it's much. Like two, yeah. two bananas and that's it. So oh. I feel like um, you don't, the goal shouldn't be to keep it tight. And for a lot of people, like stop trying to wear your dieting clothes and building phases. You know, I changed my wardrobe almost completely um, oh, when I'm yeah. going through like a comp prep and a building phase. Don't um, we all, but the sizes change a lot. Like I've still got yeah. some of my old tops that I used to wear when I'd go clubbing because I used to be oh. a tennis player, like so mm. thin. Um I don't know why I keep them because they're never going to bloody fit. Even if I'm in comp prep, they're not going to fit with the amount of muscle. Nah. They just don't do up around the lats, but I've just. Yes. You just got to say goodbye. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's always I'm in the lats. A, I'm in a, bro, um, in a wedding like three weeks before oh, I compete yeah. and we're trying on our bridesmaid, bridesmaid dresses the other day. And it just, it just zipped up at the back. And I was like, don't worry guys, I'll be freaking diced by the time this wedding comes around. I'll probably have oh, to get yeah. the freaking done again. But I, know. I feel like that's the way it is, you know? So don't throw out your bulking clothes when you lose weight and, then, and vice yeah. versa. Have a different wardrobe. It's all good. Yeah. Just another excuse to go shopping. Yeah, I agree. More Perfect. Clothes. All right. Ali White. Best way to handle being grumpy and irritable when in a calorie deficit. Oh, it's mm. going to happen naturally. And um, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode, but, you know, you do get low metabolic adaptation. Everything slows down. You're not as upbeat and bubbly. Um, but I think, A, recognizing that you're choosing this, like mm. calm down. Don't punish everyone around you for your choice. Um, and personally, I put myself to bed. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like a big baby. All right, I'm going to bed. You wake up and it's, everything's better. <laughs> yeah. Good sleep fixes like 99% of all problems, Doesn't in it? my opinion. Except, um, yeah. No, I don't know. I was, gonna, I was trying to come up with something, but nothing came out quick enough. <laughs> but I'm, I'm the same. So, like, it's going to happen. You're going to feel like, you know, you're not going to feel your, chir- your chirpy self um, mm. during periods of the day. Like I definitely slow down in the afternoon. Um, I'm not as energetic, not as bubbly, but I really do try to not push it onto Luke as much as I'd want to. Do mm. you know what I mean? Like as much as I'm like, I just can't be bothered right now. Sometimes you've just got to recognize that this is a choice that you're making for yourself. And mm-hmm. it's actually like pressure is a privilege. Like when you're feeling hungry, it's sort of the point. Like you actually, yeah asked for this and you can stop it whenever you want that's what I sort of think I'm like there's food in the cupboard if I want to eat it you can go for it sure like like this is not Luke's decision so he shouldn't suffer or have to be punished because of it so and look like I'm not always perfect there's definitely been times where I've taken things out um, on the people around me and it's not fair like I sort of look at myself and I'm like no look you know it's not fair because we need to accept that this is a choice mm-hmm. and we're doing this to better ourselves at the end of the day. So part of it is practicing how you show up um, yep. in relationships and at work and turning on that persona um, or like channeling that in a part of you. So when it comes to actually dealing with it, that's how I deal with it. I like internalize and think about, okay, why am I doing this? Why, what, what am I getting out of it? Like yeah. what is my future self going to say, what would she say to me right now? Like when I'm hungry and grumpy, yeah. like, yeah, so that's what I do. Yeah. And distract yourself. Like, mm. um, I would always go to the shopping center and walk around and like, Same, look at things. Good way or, to get 
Yeah, yeah cuz sometimes if I remember yeah particularly dieting during uni you'd be doing an assignment would be cuz naturally when you're doing assignments you just want to munch on something but then you can't yeah. really do that as much in comp prep so yeah. it's like you got to set your day up again for the win so do all the hard tasks in the morning that need mm-hmm. energy in your mind um, and then distract yourself towards the end of the day. But then also use that as a time. Okay, why am I really, really hungry? Have I not had much of my volume foods today? Did I eat everything too quickly? Like, yeah, you have to fine tune as you go. But the underlying yeah. thing is if you're in a deficit, you're going to feel hungry. That's what a yeah. deficit is. Yeah, sort of the point. The point. It's a tough pill to swallow, but, mm. you know, I feel like, like you just said, you've just got to learn how to change behaviours. You yep. know, you just got to learn how to change food behaviours, uh, perhaps prioritising like, okay, well, when do I need to not be a grump? When can I afford to be a grump? Um, yeah. And I feel like the people around you learn that too as well. Like they're like, okay, Sherelle's going to turn into a bit of a bitch about six to eight weeks out. I'm just going to oh. like tread carefully. You know, oh. it happens. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Cool. And eat like Rob's wants to know, huh? I don't have the money for a coach uh, reversing on my own. Any tips or calculations? Okay. Yeah. The old, I don't have money for a coach thing and that's okay that's fine um so basically we've done a whole episode on reverse dieting as well if you've not listened to that um look if you're to do anything well you need to invest in a coach like it's definitely worth it always because the money that you spend on a coach you'll probably be putting it somewhere else honestly um yeah so look I would still say get a coach if you want to do anything well. We all do it. It's an investment. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, just the theme of, you know, today, don't do any extremes. Mm, That's what I think the underlying thing is for most of these questions. Like um, don't do an extreme reverse. Mm, Yeah. I feel like as well, like this question, what the first thing that come to mind for me was like, and I know you like maybe you're looking at this in hindsight now, but you can't not afford to have a coach for a reverse, to be honest. Like that's I've when you need them. Yeah. Mm. Dieting's fucking easy. I think reversing is the hard work. <laughs> oh Seriously, yeah. Dieting you can do on your own. Just eat less. It's fine. Yep. That's you know? dieting. But reversing and building, do you know what I mean? Like I get a lot of coaching inquiries about I need help with a build because yep. it's hard work, not only mm. physically, mentally. Like mm-hmm. to stay compliant to that. We we can all do it cut and see results and feel motivated and keep going and deal with the grump right yeah but when it comes to reversing out intentionally gaining weight or trying to maintain and increasing calories and perhaps seeing the scales go up and the clothes getting a little bit tighter and those sorts of things yeah it's hard to not go fuck it mm-hmm. you know and then let it all go and that's what happens right i've been there. oh yeah learn it the hard hard way too reverse yeah. dieting wasn't even in my vocab when i when i first went through my dieting phases mm. you know a couple of years ago mm. so i think um you know if you can definitely try and find a coach that you can afford and just tell them about your situation um and look if you really can't like what danny said slow incremental increases that's yeah. really what it is but don't ever underestimate the power of accountability. For a lot of people, reverse dieting, dieting in general, building everything, accountability, not just to yourself, but to other coaches and to other people and to other, um, I guess, clients in your community. Yeah. It's really absolutely. incredibly powerful. So um, yep. there's no calculations. 
that we can just sort of give that would be generalized. Um, what really- I was going to say, yeah, you have to work out your own calculations by measuring yourself. Again, all of the yeah. methods, photos, measurements, scales, um, mm-hmm. measure that measure your food as well, and then make adjustments. So you might find your maintenance, then you know, okay, I can eat a little bit more. Take your measurements again the next week. Okay, I can eat a little bit more. So you have to really do the calculations on your own. So if you've got the discipline to do that yourself, tracking all your food still, just because you're in a reverse, doesn't mean you don't track, like you need to track um, and then stay diligent with your measurements of your body composition. And that's how you can work out how much you eat. But Mm -hmm. you and I both have coaches. I like learning from someone else. I like someone else doing some of the work for me. Um, Mm. And yeah, particularly any coaches listening, get a coach. If you want to be a better coach, get a coach. I like the teacher what you you want to do or what you don't want to do. So I think every coach listening should have a coach or a mentor. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like coaches have the hardest time being compliant and putting themselves first. And I totally understand that. I've had coaches say to me like, oh, um, you know, I'm not actually wanting a coach anymore because I've got to focus on my clients. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a red that's flag. a good way to not have a business in a few years, to be honest. Yeah. That's my initial thought. And I say that from a place of love because I've mm. seen coaches burn themselves out, put themselves last. And look, if you're if you're not practicing what you preach and being inspiring and showing your clients that you do the work too and you lead from the front, yeah, no one's gonna want you as a coach because everyone's giving out nutrition and training, and you better have a point of difference and you yep. better practice what you preach I'm so firm in saying that because like I said I've seen some people really like you know struggle they struggle to get clients and I'm like look I'm not surprised with what you're putting out there you need to be doing the hard work too so especially for coaches especially for coaches so important yeah because um with the mentoring that I do for coaches the ones that practice what they preach are successful the ones that give out the advice that they don't take They don't get new clients because in the consult or the sales call or whatever they do, the interview, they do not believe in what they're selling. They do not believe in their service because people can read that and hear that energy. So if you're trying to give someone something that you don't value it's like trying to sell a pen that you and you never use pens in your life deep down you're both gonna know that this will not be valuable to anyone Mm. so you Mm -hmm. really need to practice what you preach as well when it comes Mm, to getting more clients yeah it would be like telling your clients that like they must track their macros or they must do something but then you don't do it to me i'm sort of like well why would i want to learn from you so Mm -hmm. you know you you have to find people in your life that you like aspire to be like, or that you back their knowledge or that you, you like about them, like mentors and all these sorts of Mm. people. They don't have to be like a strict coach that has to tell you to do everything. Um, But you need to be investing in yourself as a person. And that's really what it is. It's investing in yourself to be better. As soon as you get complacent and you feel like, nah, I'm at a good spot now. I'm going to just focus on this. You've Mm. lost the game. You need to be advancing yourself from every direction and the effort you put into developing yourself as a person is going to develop your business. People yeah, really man. don't understand that. No, because it's like, okay, you pay for a coach. And then I sort of always ask the question, great. Well, if you can't afford that service, how many clients would it take for you to be able to yeah, afford take that? On take on two extra clients, you'll be able to afford a coach. And Great. then you'll get 10 clients, then you get 20, then you build yeah. your brand, then you'll be charging $300 for an appointment and seeing less clients, you know? So yeah. that's how it works. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's how, yeah. 
<laughs> we were <laughs> last one. It's you. It's me, Marinka. How to lose body fat around your legs. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So if you've been like a listener for a while, you know, we've covered a lot about calorie deficits and dieting for fat loss as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will sort of preface this by saying that women naturally store more body fat around their lower body just because we have more estrogen receptors down there as well. It's an evolutionary thing. It's a hormonal thing. So Mm -hmm. what I personally find is like when I go into a fat loss phase, I will lose body fat off my upper body, my midsection, my back gets diced. My back actually gets stays quite lean yeah. before lower body will start leaning out. It's, it's all the androgen receptors, traps and, and upper body. Oh, someone asked me at the gym what I do for traps. No. <laughs> I was like, Drugs he, all day, every day. He thought it was a compliment. And I was like, look, I appreciate you. It probably is. I don't mind having traps. But, yeah, you do notice it in your upper body. I put a yeah. thing up of a cable ab, um, abduction. Everyone was commenting on my upper body. I'm like, no. No. Oh, when you were body. resting your arm on the pole. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. So I feel like when it comes to losing body fat around your legs, the number one most important thing is patience. And I know that's yeah. But you gotta like you gotta let your your body lose fat from where it wants to before it's gonna tap into lower body fat stores because it's, yeah. that's a like a low priority, a low hierarchy in terms of losing fat. It actually wants to keep it there. And of course, how are you gonna house a, a beautiful baby? Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. I was reading and I was trying to find the answer for this though. From an evolutionary standpoint, women store more body fat, lower body, abdominal area, and triceps. Yeah. What the hell is yeah, with why the triceps? The triceps? <laughs> like, do we need that there? Is it chicken wings? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, you didn't find men- the answer? No, I couldn't find it because men, so if anyone knows, but I really hunted for like hours for this. I was like, I really, oh, you know, when you just want to know an answer. Yeah, so men store most of their body fat, like abdomen. They get like the yep. belly as well as upper back, you know, fat back. Guys yeah, are insecure yeah. about their back. Whereas women, we're the opposite. Like if you think about like we're lower body, glutes, hips, thighs, yeah, and triceps. Don't know. Don't know. So if anyone has the answers, that would be great. Yeah. Um, but I know this for me from my skins, getting my pinch tests um, done, my abdomen back's like freaking lean like five cool. months, like really lean um but my triceps and quads are the ones that are hanging on which is no surprise I mean like that's no surprise I don't need pinches to know that mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but yeah it's just really interesting to know that like it's a, it's a hormonal thing and it will happen it does happen it's just a lot slower than you know yeah. what you'd like it to be we all have those last spots and for most people and how we get judged on stage is that glute ham tie-in. That's normally the last spot where you get lean, like oh, right is. under there. Um, but you can't spot reduce fat. And we're going to be saying this till the cows come home. You yeah. just cannot. Um, there are ways that you can reduce your stress as well. So obviously we've spoken about calorie deficit, but when you're stressed and holding water, you can hold around that area. Mm. Um, so if you're yeah really high, highly wound, your nervous system is just going crazy, you're not sleeping well, Mm. Um, you will store more water and fluid around there that will appear to be fat. Uh, So Mm. stress management is a tool as well. Um, Mm. But, yeah, calorie deficit. I love that that is, yeah, calorie deficit is the answer for everything. I love that that's becoming more um, known and prevalent, though, because I feel Mm. like, I feel like, like sleep is just only just getting its its airtime right now. Sleep yeah. in the current present reality is only just getting its airtime in terms of fat loss. I mm. remember like I remember like being crucified for sort of saying this like 
you know, a couple of years ago when oh, I was yeah. reading um, like Matthew Walker, some of his work on like why we sleep and like thinking, wow, like you, you can lose 50% more fat if you're not fatigued or if you're in a well-rested state because I got really interested in this like prepping through night duty yeah. and clearly you can do it, right? Like I got quite yeah. lean um, because calories are king at the end of the day, but it's like, okay, well, how much more muscle could I preserve or, you know, like what's my training capacity like? And there's so many other factors that come into like losing fat yeah. that you just don't even account for and stress management and sleep is not a one percenter. It's like a twenty percenter. Oh, that it is. It is huge because if you haven't slept well, the next day you're not going to be moving as well. Again, that metabolic ad- adaptation. You're not going to be bubbly and using hand expressions and, and pushing really hard in the gym if you're already tired. Mm. Um, but then it kind of you kind of think, well, if I'm sleeping more, I'm awake for less time. Then I'm using less calories too. So I haven't really explored that thought either until just now. Mm, yeah, but the point is that you you don't actually um, expend less calories. Like it, it it's really got nothing to do with calories. So like the more that you are well-rested, like the harder that you can train, um, like what you said, your knees yeah. are actually going to be a bit higher. So even though, you know, you might be stepping less, neat can't be measured in terms of a calorie output. So it's the mm-hmm. blinking, it's the twitching, it's the standing, it's the lifestyle stuff. Yeah. Um, and as well as there's like more, I guess, like physiological processes on how the body uses energy when you're in a sleep deprived state versus well rested. Um, so it's very interesting when you start reading more about it and quite mm. alarming, you know, it sort of oh, shows yeah. that like six hours is, is like sleep deprived. We need to be getting like seven and a half to eight hours every night and athletes nine to 10. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, it's hard. hard. It's, it's hard, hard because then we're in a society where you want to pack your schedule really full and people have different jobs and sleep schedules. And then again, you have people who don't want to just come home from work, go straight to bed. They want to wind down for their mental mm. health. I understand why people would not prioritize sleep, but if you yeah. are in a position where you can definitely prioritize it. I love yeah. my sleep. I'm so protective over sleep. Yeah, <laughs> so me you. too. We all but are. Like- yeah. Even at the moment, like, like I'm back in Swan Hill and Luke's in Melbourne and mm. like I've been staying up later talking to him on the phone, right, because we're not together. And mm. I sort of am like, oh, yeah, like I can see that now. Whereas when I'm at home, I am really protective about bedtime. We obviously go yeah. to bed together. So it is, it, it's not just as simple as saying, oh, we'll go to bed then. Because for some people, that mm. might be the only time they get to talk to their partner. Yeah. Um, and it's important to not just think, oh, well, you know, there's optimal and there's practical and there's going to be periods of the month even where you might not sleep as well. I know I get Mm. like PMS insomnia. Um, So for me just saying like, oh, we'll just go to bed earlier. Well, that's not actually going to fix the problem. Maybe I just need to reduce stress in another capacity so Mm. that I don't, my recovery demand isn't so high. So there's definitely ways you can get around it. Yeah, really well said. Um, Mm. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps everything up for today. Yep, that wraps up cool. our um, nutrition questions, our nutrition Q&A. So yeah, thanks, thanks for guys. sending your questions in. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please do tag um, us on Instagram and share a screenshot of the podcast on your story. See you next time.